Hello and welcome to Lave Radio. Greetings and welcome to Lave Radio. Greetings, Commanders. Greetings, Commanders. A show that talks about the universe of Elite and the development of the computer game Elite 4, known as Elite Dangerous. And the fantastic community that surrounds it. Broadcast from Atari Designwinder and hosted by a technician. A place of nonsense and innuendo for forum dads. A self-contained podcast two hours long. Transmitting to every corner of the galaxy. It's even louder than me. The hottest show this side of Dizzo. The name of the place. Lave Radio. Lave Radio. Lave Radio. Lave Radio. Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 384 of Lave Radio, the show that likes to talk about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Commander Phoenix Defia, otherwise known as Colin Ford, Chief Archivist of Lave Station. And joining me in the Orange Sidewinder Bar for this episode, we have our Head of Health and Safety, Commander Aid Levice, otherwise known, known as Ben Moss Woodward. Yeah, I'm feeling a little bit of a horse tonight, so we'll see how things go. Uh-huh. Uh, we have our staff liaison officer, Commander Psykit. Did the horse consent? I'm so sorry. No, it went nay. <laughs> uh, and our Inhuman Resources Director, Commander Shan. Hello. Hello. See, we're off to a classy start as usual. Uh, right. Um, if you wish, you can join us live. We're hanging out in game in open. You can see Ben and uh, Psychic. Where are you two today? So, myself and Chris Mark Four are currently in Live Station. Mm-hmm. Um, although Chris was threatening to go and help Psychic because <laughs> apparently <laughs> she's at war. <laughs> I mean, you, you're more than welcome to. Come and help. <laughs> or rather hinder. <laughs> That'll be interesting. So, yes, that, that's what they're up to. You can uh, follow their exploits on Twitch and on YouTube and on Facebook. And you can get that, uh, you can go that uh, go there by going to laveradio.com slash live, click on the live chat, or just, yeah, look us up on Twitch and the rest. Right, um, so... We'll just quickly go around the team, see what they've been up to for the last week. I mean, we'll be covering the usual development news, the in-game events, uh, and I have a nice, nice nostalgic discussion today. But I think we'll ask Ben, how have you been for the last week, apart from having a lurgy? Apart from the lurgy, uh, which isn't the vid, I hasten to add. It's just normal lurgy, apparently. 
Um, things have been fine. Um, trying to think what the there's been some nice and exciting things, but nothing, nothing of excitement to anyone else. Like you know, the highlight of my week has been getting a USB C cable that I'd accidentally run over. Um, but you know, that's not exactly very exciting to anyone other than me. Um, apart from that, I've been playing, you know, the usual play with my kids. Um, I'm pushing through the storyline in Red Dead Redemption. Uh, and I can't remember if I mentioned this or not, but I managed to get a Xbox emulator to work so I can play Red Dead Redemption 1 as well. Uh, so I, I've never played Red Dead Redemption 1 on an, on an Xbox emulator or on an Xbox. So I'm looking forward to that, actually. Fantastic game. It is. And I was, I'm, it's, so good. I was really... I could not believe when... Take Two slash Rockstar didn't release it on the PC. I was like, oh, okay, right. They're releasing Red Dead Redemption Two. They have to be releasing Red Dead One Remastered on the PC or something like that. But no, nothing. Um, oh, I was under the impression that it was out on PC. So you're telling me it's not available at all? Nope, nope. Well, yeah. learns learn something new every day. So yeah, that was that was that. Um, everything else has been sort of. Fun, faffy stuff, but it's not really fun to anyone else. Colin? Jan, do you want to tell us what you've been up to this week? Um, gosh, I've had a really packed week, so in reverse chronological order, on Tuesday, the cat was sick. I mean, literally sick. And we used up a whole bottle of cat remover to help them out of that. So poor little thing's been sick. Of cat remover? Yeah, cat remover. The spray to get rid of the cat smell. Cat remover. Anyway, and then on Thursday, I picked up my new car, which was great fun. Only had 10 miles on the clock. And on Sunday, the Shan household was divided by an argument that even today, oh, nearly a week after it sprung up, still sparked division. And I'm not hearing any comments or voices, so I'll just keep talking. Um, the, the, Point was, was we were down my my mum's for Mother's Day, and she said, "Oh, oh, don't don't forget you lose an hour tomorrow." To which I said, "You don't lose an hour, you move it." And of course, that then raised the debate, saying, "Actually, no, you do lose an hour." And I said, "No, you don't lose an hour; it's moved," and and so on. And we, we then went into the science of how long a day is actually. And whether or not it's a clock time or a real time, you, you lose the hour. So, yes. So, I still maintain, as does Elders Mini Shan, that you move an hour, you don't lose it. Oh, time and space arguments. Who would have thought? Uh, <sighs> Wibbly wobbly, timey wimey stuff. No, no, a cat remover isn't a dog. It's the, it's the, it's the spray. You, do, do you mean I, cat odour remover? That's what yeah. you're after. It's not a spray that you just <laughs> bang and the cat is gone. I've, so, a dog's always worked, in my opinion, either that or tiger poo. <laughs> Sorry, back to the longest thread ever I've ever come across in a forum. <laughs> well, the thing is, the thing is, though, the cat remover makes it sound. What well, makes it more amusing to me than just cat odour remover? That's just boring. Cat remover is more entertaining to think about. Anyway, time is, an illu- time is an illusion. Lunchtime? Doubly so. Anyway, psych it. Hi. Um, it's been really good. Um, it's, been, it's been a really packed week. On, um, because 
I, I took I took Friday off um, and me and the husband got on a train at 2 p.m. and moseyed on over to London, um, went and had went and had an early dinner with some um, with some lovely, lovely folks, um, a couple of them from Frontier and then um, went to the National History Museum um, for their lates. They had um, a video game late thing um, and it was really nice and really fun. And I haven't been to the National History Museum for absolutely ages. And I was very impressed with the amount of stools and benches and stuff that were there. It was very accessible and I was excited. But then there were far too many people there. So we also got the train home on the same day and got home just after midnight and then pretty much the rest of the weekend was a write-off and then we went drinking on Sunday because it's Mother's Day and obviously um, went for a couple of drinks with my mum and then Monday was also a write-off. So yeah, it's been a packed week week, even. I got lost in the National History Museum when I was five and then I was told off because they thought I was such a dinosaur bones and then... I amazed one of the creators with my knowledge of dinosaurs. That kind of worked out in the end. But uh, no, I have very fond memories of the Natural History Museum. I used to it's love going so to London. Cool. I can't remember it being that cool. I can't. I can't remember if I've only ever been to like the the. the they used to have like a over the summer they have a butterfly garden out the front where um, over the winter there's an ice rink over the summer there was a, a, a while ago a butterfly garden there I don't know if they still do it but I seem to remember that being the last time that I went anywhere near the National History Museum and I it's just so beautiful when you go it's such a, an amazing building so yeah that was really really nice and I was glad that I was well enough to do it I like the bug collection with all the creepy looking bugs and everything. I thought they were fantastic. Yeah. The dinosaurs are absolutely stupid. Well, dinosaurs, kind of, once you see so one cool. T-Rex, you've kind of seen them. But I, I like some of the weird insect bugs and the venomous snakes and all sorts of stuff like that. So all, all, all the creepy stuff. I kind of wish they were still alive rather than pinned in a mm, tree. But there we go. Oh, the other thing I learned was a coelacanth. they got a coelacanth there, haven't they? Which I thought was amazing. Reminds me... The coelacanth was a fish that was thought to be extinct for millions of years. Yes. But they're still floating around somewhere. Yes. Yeah, no, it, it, it was very good. It, it, it's, it was great at the beginning because there were less people there. And then suddenly there were a lot of people there. And I, I mean, quite enjoying my streak of not having had COVID yet. Um, and we, we uh, Foxtrot Oscared something, something hastily. See, I think the Natural History Museum, I think children should be exempt from the Natural History Museum. It's too cool for kids. Well, this, the, like the lates are um, over, what, over 18s only. And there was, you could, get, there were bars and stuff and you could just literally walk, walk along and walk along with like a glass of Prosecco and stuff. So it was very fancy <laughs> and it was very cool and I highly recommend going. In fact, I think all museums should ban kids. They spoil them. Was yeah, your trip I, to the I mean, National History Museum anything to do with the oh Frontiers the recent Planet Zoo launch? No, I didn't know anything about that until today. Oh, okay, because I could it, see you know Natural History Museum and well Pla- Planet uh, Zoo, Planet Zoo and Jurassic World were there. Yeah. So like um, that that team, that community manager team, and all of that were there. 
let's let's see what have I been up to this week. Um, not much game work, I'm afraid to say, because um, I've also been demolishing um, beds or creating or building beds or going up to visit my mum. Uh, what have you been doing to demolish a bed? Well, basically, we've got new beds coming, so the old beds had to go. So, I hope you're yeah. prepared for several nights of not sleeping much. Uh, well, no, the, it was it was the kids really, so they were just le- uh, sleeping on mattresses on the floor for a couple of nights. Tough. They just should learn. do that normally. They should do that normally. You should just give them give them a mattress and get them to earn their bed from housework and general minionness. Yeah, it's it's um yeah. So I mean, I've done a little bit. I mean, I managed to keep my up with the power play stuff. I managed to get my uh, commander over to what uh, what we'll probably be discussing later. Um, but apart from that, it's been a rather quiet week this week for me. Although I must admit, I do feel as if I've I've done some manly stuff, cutting up, uh, sawing beds to bits. So you know, yay! I managed to get my you uh, adult. You adulting. That's a very good way of putting it, yes. I was adulting this week. So, I think we're going to have to move on to the development news. Um, right. Now, most of the information that we've got this week has come from um, Frameshift Live number two, which happened on Thursday. Um Ben, you'll be pleased to know that uh, Arthur did acknowledge the fact that they've been away for quite a while. Yeah, I, I was pleased by that. Um, yes, he said that was completely his fault. Blah blah blah. Um, blame him. I I heard it. I did, and I'm okay. You you feel reassured now, do you? I do. Yes. Good. Good. Um, they are presently still investigating transfers between the console and uh, PC Odyssey. So. Um, they do. They have stopped any transfers happening for the moment uh, while they investigate this. Uh, again, we don't know how long this is going to take for them to, to look at. Um, they are also looking for at into the, um, the the setting of the max price for an item at the bartender and, and the fleet carriers. So um, that's something that's on, on their to-do list, apparently. Um They've also acknowledged that they've heard about us all wanting to buy drinks from the bartender. But after Isn't that the first question? That whoever did the uh, bartender functionality, surely the first person in the room would say, can we buy a drink from them? I mean, it's not exactly rocket science, is it? Well, whatever the, whatever the reason for that is, they said they can't do it at the moment. Um, that's probably because they've got to do new animations and all that kind of stuff. And uh, why don't let you buy drinks from the bartender because there's no gameplay associated with it, and you'd all get bored of watching the people drink all the time. <laughs> yeah. Also, it might be some. Do you reckon it might have something to do with the Peggy rating? <laughs> it doesn't have to be alcohol, does it? No, it could be all. It, it could all be refreshing coffee. The prune juice. The prune juice yes uh, okay um <laughs> after that um uh, they're preparing a statement at the moment about upcoming plans for the game um now obviously the not everything's going to be included in this because they want to surprise us with stuff i'm thinking about the Something along the lines of the first Thargoid hi- hyperdiction. I mean, what do you guys think of that? I mean, 
I was hoping we'd have a little bit more information by now about the future plans, but um, obviously they're still going over update eleven. What would um, you want? What would you want to see, Colin? Personally, what I would like to see is not a, an a, you know beat by beat roadmap, but I would just like a kind of general something is happening later in this year. We do have plans for I don't know maybe a new ship or something like that. You just something to reassure the community that. Um, things are not going to just fizzle out after the end of the Azimuth saga. That's, I think that's what everybody's been wanting really since um, they announced the whole problem with uh, cancelling consoles. It make me feel better anyway. Um, Shan? Can I just go on a bit of a grumpy soapbox for once this time about this update? It's because this whole, oh, we don't know what we're going to say in case you get disappointed shtick is wearing really thin, and it doesn't carry any weight with me at all. I mean, if people, uh, people can drink as much as they like, but if you want to see how, it, how a game update should look, just Google ArenaNet Studio Update. And the context of that was Guild Wars 2 has just finished a 10-year story arc. So there was a feeling in the players, like, oh, 10 years story, now what? Maintenance mode has to come next, etc., etc. But no, what ArenaNet did is they set out a roadmap with dates and they said, oh, by the way, we're releasing the net and use the next expansion early just so you know there's something more to come. So just look it up. And this, this whole woolly, oh, we're looking into it. We may not miss, may not have no, any no. influence. I, 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 don't, I, I don't buy that. Man, I don't uh, buy that anymore. Shan, Shan, you obviously didn't listen to everything I just said. They said they are formulating plans, but they won't be talking about everything. So they are going to talk about stuff, but they're not going to be talking about things that they want to keep as a surprise. I don't, but yeah, formulating plans. I I could be formulating plans for the last 10 years and not, I don't know. I just think it's about time they got more upfront with the community and started detailing. No, no, with that. With that, I agree. But also, I also agree that stuff that they want to keep as a surprise, you keep as a surprise. Yeah. Well, nobody mentioned Onslaught Stargoid combat, okay? Nobody say nothing about that. Yeah. Just don't talk about the Onslaught Stargoid combat. Why? Because it's a surprise. Yeah, we'll give you you no news. The part of that surprise. Oh, imagine. I mean, we'll, we'll see what we see. I'm. I'm I'm kind of with you, Colin, in that they don't need to tell us everything. But I'm also kind of with Shan in that. Yeah, it'd be nice if you you know get off yeah. and tell us something. Yeah, no, that I mean, I've, um, I've got to make I've got to make this clear because I know Shan just went off on uh, on one there, but yeah, I I do agree with the sentiment that the the community at the moment is you know we've had, just had three months of radio silence. Update eleven has been nice. It is a, it is a nice update but people are there thinking well you've just cancelled consoles we know that story's coming but they want to know what fixes are coming they want to know they they want reassurance that the game will have something to offer in say six months to a year and and and, you know it is one of those things that um i am concerned about tell you what would make me a very very happy bunny Mm -hmm. yeah bless you chef um, yeah, I know we've I know we've just received the scorpion, but I'm still begging for a speeder bike. And my God, that would make me so happy. Yeah, we've got we've got the tank, we've got the normal SRV. That's great. We've mm-hmm. got a combat tanky thing. 
great. Give me some kind of scout vessel. You know, <laughs> and ideally, I want it to be a floaty speeder bike kind of. Yeah, thing. I mean the amount of, the amount of calls we've got every blooming week for the Panther Clipper or the Cobra Mark Four and stuff like that. It's, it it does it, it you know it it, it finds like, it sounds like yeah. a broken record to be honest. Yeah. Anyway, um, moving on from there, they've, they've they've kind of hinted that you know these monthly updates that we've been having, they're stopping. That that's going to be it. Which um, again, it kind of leads into the uh, the feeling that okay, you're stopping that. We really need to know what's coming soon. Um, and apparently, just like they did with update eleven, they're going to be making more announcements via the website, not on the forums. Address that monthly update thing. Okay. If they're only, you know, up until now, while they've been fix the patch, fix the patch, fix the patch, as we've had trying to get all these really, really good optimizations coming in for Odyssey, you know, then yes, they have been, you know, this is this is what we're optimizing this month, this is what we're optimizing next month, and so on. But we we're done as much of that as possible, more or less. Or at least we've we've got all the easy wins now. Yeah. So now maybe we'll be going to, you know, if we're lucky, a quarterly release cycle or something like that, mm. um, where we're going to start getting bug fixes. Obviously, because we always get bug fixes, we'll get mm-hmm. new bugs because we always get new bugs. But we'll also get content, hopefully, and that content could be ships, it could be SRVs, it could be ship launch fighters. Yeah. It could also be. Additional things for us to shoot with a rocket launcher. Yeah, I mean, I'm hoping it doesn't return to the the six month update cycle because, oh, that was that was just too long in my opinion. But um, yeah, Sean. Again, still slightly grumpy, so apologies for that. But is it? I must admit, when you say all oh, the the, uh, the monthly updates were bug fixes and optimizations, well, in my mind, they kind of should be doing that anyway. That's like. That's bread and butter for an online game. You should be fixing. You should be balancing. You should be making sure the game doesn't crash. That's just normal, you know. So when they did a monthly update saying, "Oh, we're doing um, optimizations and bug fixes," for me, that's well. You should be doing that anyway. When what I think about doing updates, it's stuff to get you looking forward to, getting excited, getting oh wow, can't wait for this, or oh that sounds interesting. It's more than just doing what they should be doing as their day job. Sorry for being grumpy, but that is how I feel about the updates. They're supposed to be doing it anyway, so tell us something new. Yeah, and yeah, everybody is there thinking, right, okay, we've got update 11. Thank you very much. It's quite good. We now kind of need some reassurance going forward, I think, is is a message on, on that one. Are you speaking for everybody there, Colin? Well, it's, for, it's from me personally. That's not what you said, though, is it, mate? You said everybody's thinking that. So are you speaking oh, for everybody there? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm just being. I, I, I'm allowed to be grumpy as well. If Shan can be grumpy, let me be grumpy. So he said everybody's thinking about the same thing twice. About I know, right? I just putting words into my mouth, and I'm right here. I've barely had a chance to get a word in edgeways. All yeah. I talked about was the fucking National History Museum, and that's nothing to do with the league. Have you put any dots in the in the conversation yet, Psyche? No, I'm no. just fighting in a fucking war, mate. What have you been doing? <laughs> Pretty well. What have you been doing? Right. <laughs> okay. Fine. Psyche, is there anything you would like to say? Yes. Well, I mean, wow. <laughs> Hold up. Um, I'm. It's I. 
I'm fine with them not giving us a a, a a monthly update or whatever they were doing, whatever they were doing before, because it's always you get the same complaints all the time. Oh, it's not it's not really worth it, is it? It's not worth it. You get the same complaints. What's the what's the point at this point? It is at the moment because um, I think towards the end it was getting to the getting to the point where they were going through the the top twenty list of the of the stuff in the issue tracker. And I think I think it's best to say that the top seventeen or so were never really being um <laughs> never being worked on. There's always other things that seem to be more important. Uh, I mean, the top three or four were actually quite big jobs, so I don't think we'll ever see a complete redo of the of the planetary tech. I, I cannot see them doing that again. Oh, sorry, sorry. I've now I've now gone and made Ben grumpy because he was going to say exactly that. Were you not? No, no, it's, no, Max, no, no, no it's no. Max comments. Yes, Shan, do you want to sing it or shall I? Uh, you sing it. Oh, oh God! God, I, God I, I can't, I'm trying. It's been so long since I've seen. Uh, seen it as well. At this moment, I am no, really going to go Will Smith on the whole lot of you. I really am. <laughs> oh, actually, if you noticed, he used the flat of his hand. Okay? I'm, I'm not fully convinced it wasn't largely staged. Although he did, he's a very good actor, and I'll, you know, so. He seemed genuinely pissed off, but he's also a very good actor. <laughs> yeah, but if you also notice, he used the, the flat, of his, flat of his hand, so therefore, uh, paper does beat rock. So he girly slapped the guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, right, and well... What we're saying was, annoyed kitty, touchy kitty, grouchy ball of fur, moody kitty, grumpy kitty, gur, gur, gur. Yeah, so, okay, this this seems to be the... the... <laughs> oh, I, it's I it's a grumpy show tonight. <laughs> I thought it was stage. It looked it looked too stunt to be real, to be honest. Well, I think right. what happened, I think what happened was if you if you look at it, he he sort of laughs at the joke as if he's but with a kind of like I think I'm supposed to laugh now. And he then saw his wife and reaction then his wife. and not right. You know, to be fair, yes, he shouldn't have hit anybody, but it wasn't a good taste joke. Uh, any yeah. Anyway, we shall we shall move on. <laughs> was that was annoyed Kitty directed at Psychic? I don't think so. Matt, think... would you like to admit who annoyed Kitty is aimed at? <laughs> uh, anyway, moving on from that, um, <laughs> the community calendar is live now. This is a project that uh, Zach's been uh, working on. Uh, along with the uh, the web team, they have now got a calendar available um, under the community section slash events on the main website. Now, this means that you could submit your upcoming player events, uh, which will then be stored in that uh, calendar for the entire for the entire community to see. Uh, and so far, we've got a couple of things already up there. Obviously, the Buckyballers have put stuff on there. And I do believe there's another um, expedition which is starting, I think, this weekend, isn't it? So are we going to ask our dear viewers to put Tuesday at half past eight-ish on every well, this Tuesday? Is, this, one of the things I did, actually, I went off and had a look, and you can't put recurring events in there. And, I mean, Si, have you spoken to anybody about this? But I'm certainly of the opinion that it's not for 
out of no, I, I think it's like I think it's community like community yes. events rather than rather than there's a, a live radio show like because then what why, why we're doing ours and so on. Yeah, yeah. why would you why would you put why then you'd be asking for every um every person who um every person who streams would be like, Can I schedule my elite streams with you? And that ain't gonna happen. It will be community yeah. events. Yeah. Although it might be useful for stopping conflicts, you know, people streaming against yeah. each other. I mean, I could definitely see a section for streams. I could, I could see a, a filter for that in the future. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, coming up with that with some kind of stream schedule would be great for um, people, as long as people can stick to the schedule. Because I know that I can't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's only for people who do just like you know, live radio. We're live at approximately half eight every evening, yeah, every Tuesday. Yeah, not every evening. Otherwise, you're all doing shows I don't know about. <laughs> Shit, nobody tell Colin. Um, you know, Sai, you're, you're on a fairly regular schedule, aren't you? With your yeah, show? I choose literally of morning of what I'm streaming. Normally it's late, but normally it, it can be something else. Okay. It, it wouldn't It wouldn't work. It wouldn't work. And there's all, there's all, there would always be somebody saying that some streamer, like, oh, why are you, why are you putting those streamers in there? It definitely, yeah. it, it's, not, it's not worth it. It's not worth the hassle that um for a frontier and b the the streamers would get for why are you being noted but not this person and you can just see it happening yeah there'd be so much drama attached to the stream schedule that it's just not worth them doing it i mean one thing yeah. i am going to when we get dates and locations and times i do want to speak to zach about submitting lavecon and real life meetup things i think that would be I, th- I think they. I think, I think they'd be all right for Lavecon being in there and st- and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. For the for those of you who'd like to see what upcoming player events are there, they had a bit of a problem with it for the first couple of days, but it seems to have settled down and it works quite nicely now. So, um, moving on from there, uh, we had just a, a quick update with the Discovery Scanner, which is their weekly update, which came out a day late. Came out this morning. Um, they highlight the fact that they fed back the following to the dev team. The the bartender service storage cap, which they've already tweaked. Uh, the bartender service selling pricing cap, that's already been sent up. They've also highlighted that you'd like to use menus while sitting down. And they've also highlighted that the panel next to the commander's chair and the bridge should be interactive. So whether or not... Um, uh, it's, it's now in the, the dev team's court to say yes we can do that or no we're not going to do that so yeah it's that's that um right i mean did anyone else look at the the discovery scanner did i mean do you think it's a good summary for the week it's okay it's what i was expecting to see yeah i can i just say is it just me or do you think that they've kind of for the um the frame shift live they they might have Slightly lifted the format from Live Radio. No, because we're shit. Hey. Come on, yeah. know your place. <laughs> wow, psychic. We're a quality production. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tell me more about your alpacas. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! Oh, I think it... you need to say ten Hale Collins for that psychic. God, it's no, just me. It was everybody on the grumpy mood today. I'm feeling particularly grumpy. 
Oh. No, 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 I wasn't grumpy. There's a difference between grumpy and honest. Colin. Oh, well, that's the way Shant keeps telling us as well. <laughs> You're succumbing to the dark side, Sai. <laughs> Come I over was, my I was, side. I was born in the dark side. <laughs> she just wants the cookies. Um, oh, that's Chris. Right, anyway. I know why, I know why Psyche is grumpy, because she knows that we're now in her system, and we're coming for her. <laughs> Kill order, shoot on sight, shoot on sight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how much are you willing to offer as a bounty for Edlevace? Well, supposedly, I'm going to be fighting on the same side as, as Psy. You better do, better had. I'd be, li- I'd be livid, mate. Right, well, the inhuman, the inhuman resources, oh dear, the in-game events that have been happening this week. Well, uh, Wednesday the 23rd, the Taurus Mining Ventures have begun a scientific study. Um, so effectively, these are the, the people that uh, work with Salvation. They've gone off to investigate some high radiation readings off uh, with some Guardian ruins. Um, it does seem to be that there's a problem with Galnet misreporting because they reported them in one system when they're really in another. Um, yeah, so that that was interesting. Um, on the 24th, um, the the Riot future is uh, CG was started to decide whether or not Riot will stay within the Alliance. I must admit, um, it did feel a little weighted this way towards the Alliance because you get a special module for if you want them to stay in the Alliance and nothing but cash if you don't. Um, yeah, I, 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 I do believe that um, the Alliance version of it is certainly winning at the moment. Well, the free reorg section is hasn't even reached Tier 1. And mm. yeah, I've I've been trying to... Pimp, let's push Riot for independence. Yeah. Just like Lee was. It's been bloody everywhere, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> but I've been, been like herpes. You've been the herpes of Elite Discords this week. So basically, you're now accusing us of being, of being right, rubbish. You and then. We're using anybody. Yeah, I just, I, I would have loved to see what Frontier would have done. If we'd actually, if Riot had actually gone, made sort of won the CG, but the odds were always against it, and yeah, I'm not massively surprised that no. I think, uh, free Riot's at tier isn't even at tier one. Tier one, yeah, and, I know. And um, you know, everything remains status quo, and everybody gets a a heatsink is at tier five, I think. Yeah. I just have to point out to Wintermute, Galnet was wrong initially by sending, um, by saying that the uh, the mega ships were in certain systems when they weren't. They were in completely different systems. Not that there weren't Guardian ruins, because there were Guardian ruins there. Um, anyway, um, obviously on Friday, uh, the Federation uh, boasted that the criminal forces were completely crushed in uh, Gilles. 868, so um, you can pick up your rewards now. And um, on Monday, um, Taurus was was back in the news again because basically they were preparing for their minoring operation of said weird radioactive readings. And that's where I've flown my commander out to because I'm, I'm having a nosy round there to see what they're up to because, you know, plot and all that. And um, today, the Emperor 
has made in contact or reached out to the Milanists so that they uh, they can become a protectorate of the empire, kind of bringing them back into the fold, so to speak. Um, in other news, Operation Ida, they are repairing League Horizons in the Gabia system and the Anti-Xeno Initiative. All right, well, apart from um, Lembas, all the attacks at the moment are happening in the bubble. So that's Melanges, um, Parthini, and, and of course Lembas are their three main targets for this week. So I, th- I think it's time for um, the store alert. Store alert! For this week, well, the iridescent paint jobs are now back. So we've got the Scorch, the Gleam, the Dawn, the Dusk, the Aurora and Twilight varieties across multiple ship types, including the Adder, the SRV and the Scorpion. Um, Yeah. Have you taken a second mortgage out to buy all the Adder skins, Colin? I'm just going to treat that with the contempt it deserves. So that's a yes, then? Uh, of course not. Um, so yeah, I must admit. I mean, these these are these brand new Scorch ones for these ships, or have they re-released the, the Scorch ones? I can't remember. I have no idea. It looks subtly different. I mean, I don't. But I mean, my my eyes are just so drawn to the shape of the adder, as is yours, Colin. I'm sure that I I couldn't can't be sure, but I think they are a re-release of the iridescent skins that have been dead before. Except, yeah. of course, on the Scorpion, which is a new... Which is a new one, yes. Yeah, it's... Um, um, yeah, because I've seen the one on the Scorpion. Um, the Imperial Courier one always looks nice. Um, I mean, we've got a picture of that courtesy of um, Agasolk uh, on Reddit, so we'll, we'll definitely have to put a post on that. Um, I think I might actually splash out on the Scorpion one at some point. Uh, any of those that jump out? Any of you guys? The orange and green ones are gorgeous. I forget what the the thing is. I think the adder was in it. It's 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 such a beautiful it's such a beautiful um, color scheme, and um, it's a color scheme that is the, like the colors of my faction. So it feels really feels really comfortable at the moment. That said. At, what are they like? Five thousand one hundred arcs a pop, something along five, those lines. Well, the Anaconda ones are five thousand five hundred and twenty. Oof, that's yeah. a lot of arcs. It's a lot of arcs to get one in every colour. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I know. I mean, we've got the obviously the Asp ones are, are out. Um, I must admit, I'll, I'll be tempted to get an Asp one. Um, obviously, we've got the the various SRVs. Um, so yeah, there's this. It's quite a lot of them. They they do look like uh, wraps that have been done by uh, Yanomai's, don't they? Really, but 
Uh, for 5,000 arcs, that's too steep for my pocket, I think. Especially because it's like one of those things that it's... Now, I feel like I've been spoiled with customization for um, uh, Commander customization because I can put the same customization on all three of my suits. I only have to buy it once and that's fine. It's done. Mm -hmm. And I kind of feel like I'm a little bit remiss spending nearly what I would spend on a Commander customization for one, one type of ship. Yeah. Yeah, it it just it just feels now with with commanders being and by all means I'm not saying put the price of commanders up of like that <laughs> but it feels like they're just maybe priced a little bit too high to be something that I'm going to be chomping at the bit for if I had spare arcs and I was like oh yeah sure I can just go and get that that would be fine but um, given the fact that I don't I don't feel like rushing to put more credits on my account yeah i mean it's it when you look through this i mean the adders are at three thousand the the challenger chiefs and cruiser and crusader are five thousand um and the others seem to be about five thousand as well so yeah it's if they gave iridescent uh like outfits then i might be tempted <laughs> oh, you just you look like a quality street, wouldn't you? I, look, li- I am covered in pink ectoplasm at the moment. A quality street isn't going to be a problem. Well, I don't know because um, the high. I found that the higher up the uh, exploration scale I go, the more iridescent um, uh, outfit I seem to get for free. I've got a, a light blue one at the moment, which looks very, very uh, fetching. The exploration rank outfits are really, really nice. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I must admit, yeah, I, I might. I, it's still five thousand for a scorpion, iridescent gleam one, and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm tempted, but it is expensive. What do they <laughs> used? To, what do they used to be? I know there's inflation, and obviously, cost for electricity to make arcs now, so that's all gone up. But um, what do they use? Used to be at three or four quid a skin, didn't it? Yeah, well, actually, five thousand arcs is probably cheaper than three or four quid. Well, it's like two ninety nine or something, isn't it? It is. Yeah, yeah it's two. It's two pound ninety nine. And of course, the more arcs you buy, the more bonus arcs you get as well. And, so. and for a fiver, you get eight thousand four hundred. So it's probably in line, actually, with what the ship skins used to be. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll deal. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with that. But it, um, yeah, it, it's just that. Um, like commander skins are so much more versatile that it it to me just doesn't feel like something I can justify. Yeah, I mean it depends, of course, on your um, the pack that you buy because some of the commander packs have something like sixteen thousand arcs, which um, I mean that's that's more than a ship kit. <laughs> yeah, but I can put it on all of my commanders. True. And Very normally true. those sixteen thousand arc ones tend to have a maybe a couple of variations in colour schemes as well. Look at um the the one that came out of Christmas with all of the different coloured jumpers that mm. you just like bought for one. For 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 example, you could like properly go out and show your Christmas pride and change at every opportunity. <laughs> yeah. So, um I it's just ooh. You know what, I think I probably will end up buying the Chieftain one. But um, apart from that, I think that'll be the only one I do buy because, yeah, I don't think... I don't think I can I can splash out that much for all for for as many as I'd want. 
Uh, and what about you, Ben? Is there anything there you think? Yes, I'll, I'll, I will happily fly around in that. I was going to say I, I got all of my iridescent stuff for that I wanted mm-hmm. back when they were out last time. I think so. The scorpion's half tempting. Maybe is there an SLV one? I can't remember. Scorpion is the one. No, is there a scarab SLV? I, one? Probably. Yeah. Oh yeah, the scarab. The scarab ones are there as well. Maybe, but. Yeah, I, I like I do like my scarab to be fairly industrial looking and I've got lovely iridescent orange kind of wheels on, on my on the my SRV of choice. Mm. Um so probably not, but I don't know. Do you uh, think we could do with more decals in the store? Yes. Yeah, I'll, I'll like more of that. the more of the light up ones, like they had at, ca- oh, um, at Halloween. I love the iridescent ones, the, yeah. the, like the, the, the bats and things. I think I think they're awesome. I'd love to see more, more, more decals and stuff. I, I don't know about you, Sai, but I would like to see more um, decals for community for in-game communities. Hell yes! If I could whack a soak um, decal on my ship, I would put it bloody everywhere. Soterio called decals would be everywhere, or like anything, like minor faction decals. Holy, yeah. holy, oh, I'd love that so much. I, I, I have the, no idea how hard it would be, but I would love to see something along those lines. I think for decals, I'd like shark teeth, you know, like you used to see that on the... On the that's uh, not really a board. decal, that's sort of more nose art. Well, yes, but if you imagine the shark teeth on the um, on the front of Python, for example, because it's got, it's got yeah, a stick out nose. Yeah, the decals are and everything like that, which they're not going to do. You know, it would only work if you put it in that specific place. And it would be awesome, don't get me wrong, I think it would be amazing, um, on pretty much any ship, but the decals are, that's not what they are. Can you imagine how terrifying the ad would look with Shark Teeth on? I feel like if they, if, for example, they were to do that, they would, that would be a paint job rather than a, rather than yeah. just a decal of a, because um, it's not quite in the right spot. Yeah, I, I think Psychic's right there. They'd have to do they'd have to do a new paint job in order to get the get the art in the right place because there's only certain places where a decal, decals can go, and that those have already been specified and and sort of signed off on. They they won't be able if they won't be able to move that decal from the front of say a python and make it shark teeth at the bottom. Although I do think a python with shark teeth at the front of its nose looks very, very, would look very, very good. Right, we're going to take a quick break and uh, we'll come back to with you with our main discussion of the week. Hi, I'm Trent Stephen Findlis Jr. And I'm here to tell all you pilots about a great new service. Take a listen to my friend, Pete. My name is Pete and I'm a long distance haulier. I drive a Puma shipping farm machinery from Leasty to Sawayo. I love my family and I don't mind being a hard-working blue-collar dad, but I'm tired of seeing my family grow old in front of my eyes. Every time I make the run there and back, I lose 15 days in hyperspace. My family is starting to notice that they're getting older and I'm not. My wife had a baby last week, did a week of shifts and now my kids got teeth. I wish there was some way my family could get old at the same speed as me. There is, Pete. How? By buying into my new service, Findlist Cryogenics. We aim to put the freeze on the premature ageing of your family. The process is simple. Our unique family centres allow you to drop off your loved ones on the way to work. Simply hire the number of cryogenic pods you need and keep your family asleep while you fly among the stars. 
We ensure synchronicity with your flight patterns so they spend the same time awake that you spend in the cockpit. And when you get home, bingo! Your family is the same age as you. Never lose family time in hyperspace again. We guarantee that you'll never miss another birthday, anniversary or funeral. Wow, Trent, that sounds great. Where do I sign? Simply put your credit card details into our special webpage under the hashtag WeFreezeYourLove. We'll take care of the amounts, no need to worry about that. It's so simple. I can't wait to keep my family in a secure block of ice. It's a weight off my mind. Findalist Cryogenics, now at your local spaceport. Findalist Cryogenics, because the family that grows old together goes cold together. Want to tour the frontier? Travel with Colmac Reeve and our new fleet of passenger Starliners. We've opened up the universe for a range of budgets. Option one, luxury. My husband and I like to travel in comfort. The new luxury cabins were like a home away from home. After all, one's home is a castle. Option two, first class. We'd saved up a bit for a really special trip. The first class cabins were like nothing we've travelled in before. Really luxurious. Option three, travel cabin. We would a trip with Cormac Reeves' monthly lotto. A travel cabin for two on a Starliner around the solar system. Once in a lifetime for us, simply amazing. Option four, basic accommodation. Me and my mates just wanted to hitch around the universe. It's so great that we have the option of getting a really cheap cabin to see the sights. It saved us loads. And for the budget conscious and slaves, we have our cheapest option yet. Well, I needed a... And we won't sell any of those frozen passengers into slavery. I promise. Colmac Reeves All Budget Tours. Seeing the galaxy from luxury to freezing tubes. The Federal Navy. We want you for Adventures Unlimited. Just last week I was mixing Sidewinder Slammers at a seedy space bar. I wasn't even pilot registered. And now I have a ship and a basic starting mission for the Federal Navy. Owing to recent actions in the Lave region, the Federal Navy now seeks to recruit another 1,000 entry-level pilots. We need you to add your strength to our military machine. I'm going to see the galaxy. We have missions for all pilots, regardless of combat experience or flight hours. Come and talk to us and we'll get you on the military ladder. Join the Federal Navy. Make a real pilot of yourself. Or die trying. Wait, what's that? Is that is that a ship coming? Are they looking for me? What do they? And welcome back. Uh, there was a, a an article in PC gaming, which has kind of inspired what uh, what we're going to talk about tonight. It was highlighting great moments in PC gaming and which it highlighted the hyperspace jump in Elite Dangerous, which was a, a lovely article in PC Gamer by Phil Savage. Now, obviously, I'd like to go around every, everybody on the crew and ask, you know, what are your three hidden gems or little touches of gameplay detail that very few people noticed but when you saw it thought that's cool so i mean i think i think we'll have to start with ben if you're okay with that 
I think I've got a couple of things that I really do like, which is um, I love how, you know, when the, the heat fades on your ship, we, we nearly never see them, right? Right. But I love how they all expand up and I, I just love how they just come out at you. And uh, especially the ones on the, oh, the Imperial Cutter. Mm-hmm. I love how it just goes off and it, it gives your Cutter a punk look, basically. It, is this basically um, when you say, for example, running up to, to hyperspace and you're going into external view and you can see the, the panels open and the heat coming out of them? Yes. Ah, right, yes. Or, or when you're fuel scooping and stuff like that. It's an amazing t- touch and scientifically right as well. And yeah, Ben, I agree with that one. That's a really good touch. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think my biggest. I, I'm not one like, say, Wotherspoon is to sit and stare at things for hours on end. Right. Um, but there was one time when I did that, which was when I was at, um, yeah, I was in Sag A Star, but it wasn't Sag A that made me go, oh my God, that's so good. Right. It was Source 2, because it's just like, it's such a big ship, such a big ship, such such a big star. Yeah. And it's just, it looks lovely, and... Sag A gets all of the, all the glory, shall we say? It does. Um, and, but Source Two's, my God, it's so nice. Yeah, I think actually, I actually think the Great Annihilator is a better black hole than Sag A, personally. But and do you want another one, or shall we let other people claim it? No, 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 no you, you go. Okay, so there's another thing which I, I think we're now missing, sadly. Um, which was, I loved in Odyssey, not in Odyssey, sorry, in Horizons, mm. when we could descend into a canyon. Yes. And the canyon was full of fog, and it was just like, it was so atmospheric, and I loved it. Um, and I, I think that's gone from from Horizons now, sadly, but I loved it. Yeah. yeah you can't go into car. foggy, you can't go into foggy canyons anymore. I haven't seen any foggy canyons since Odyssey, and I would be very happy to hear I was wrong, and I just haven't found one. I must admit, when all the exploration that I've done so far, I mean, I've found deep canyons, but no fog, fog at the bottom of them. Bit of a shame. I don't understand why why the phrase foggy canyons is so inherently funny to me, but I'm really enjoying it. So well, please say it more. Moist, so long as they're not moist, foggy canyons. Well, they ha- they'd oh. have to be moist if they've got the fog. Ben's moist, foggy canyon. I show title, we... show title, job done. Yep, show title. That's that's definitely what this one's called. Wearing magma pants. <laughs> <laughs> actually, the, you know, there's actually a, a two-page thread about magna pants already on the forums. Oh, oh god! <laughs> I've still got to work on that advert. <clears throat> yes, um, and and your final one. I know I said three, but you've, but yeah. this one I never even knew about. Right. So, okay, for all of us who've never even realised this, have a look at the back of your seats. And we've got these teeny tiny little thrusters on the back of our seats. And I think, That's... yeah, I love the idea of our ships somehow eject, having them as an ejector seat mm. and then them still being able to manoeuvre. I think that's great. Uh, I, I just I, I I think that's a brilliant thing. I love it. I, uh, that's quite a good point, Ben. Actually, because I thought your mm-hmm. M-Lock, that was your escape capsule, unless you happened to buy an escape capsule. Because yeah. you know, in the original, you bought an escape pod, didn't you? 
Yes. Yeah. Rather than so that got you back to your last stage in the document. So I thought your remlock was your default thing you ejected yeah. out the ship in, unless you bought an escape pod. But now you say the chair's got little thrusters on it. Maybe your chair's attached to you, and so it's chair plus remlock, which would make sense. But it would anyway. make sense. I mean, it's the it magna pants. <laughs> it makes sense for having the oh shit I need to get out of here and just being ejected directly from your seat. That makes so much sense. I mean, just to clear something up for for Elvis Kremen, Kremen, he's saying, isn't that your backpack clipping? And it doesn't look like it. No. <laughs> Really, went to mute GB. Every stream you listened to last week mentioned Magna Pants. Really? As well they should. Maybe, yes. maybe he just listened to Lave Radio that week and that was it. I was going to say, no, he wouldn't because he was definitely in my stream. But yeah, I definitely mentioned Magna Pants last week. <laughs> ah, it's just an attractive subject. <laughs> so long as they're clean. Uh, and anyway. Yeah, well, looking through um, some of the, the comments we've had so far. Um, oh, Mac Winson would like to point out that in the, in the original Elite Manual, uh, the picture of the python had shark's teeth on it, right at the, at the nose. <laughs> that was nice, nice little touch there. Was this um, the classic Elite? Or was this Frontier? No, elite no, this was classic elite. elite, BBC, BBC Elite, the the original manual. Um, yeah, way to. Wei Yutani, I do apologise. Um, he's he's on about the explosion when a core asteroid blows and the audio that goes with it. That you must admit. I mean, every time that happens, you you are there going, oh, you're looking forward to the boom. Um, Commander Taz one hundred one, first time there's interdicted. Stephen Usher's a little bit more um, uh more circumspect because he says he just likes watching the shadows move across the land at star set or star or star rise. Um, I have to point out that's one of mine. Uh, I must admit, I do like when I'm going, when I'm exploring, um, setting down on a planet. Last thing I do before, uh, before logging out is I always set down on a planet and it's always on the terminal. So you either get a good sunrise or sunset and uh, it's just it's just nice way to end a stream, I find, or end end a gaming session. Uh, Wintermute GB says the main thrust is open and close in reaction to the level of thrust being output by the engines. Yeah, that's that is a good point, especially when you uh, you go the you put them out to boost. That's um, sorry, high prediction. Did I say interdiction? Yep. Oh, sorry, high prediction. Completely agree with. Um, with that, because uh, I, I think I was one of the last people to see a hyperdiction, but it still gave gave me a thrill when it happened, and you know that <laughs> that, that was one of the best ones. Um, well, while everyone else is, is thinking of the ones, um, Shan, um, you've you're three. What's what's the best three that you you can think of? Well, my, my first one that I remember being blown away by was the first time. I went to Beagle Point, I think it was back in 2015 it was, um, an un-engineered um, anaconda. And the thing that wowed me was how progressively darker spa- the space got the further you went away. And uh, at the time, you needed to be on your toes for navigating because you'd only have a 30-something light-year jump range. So the whole thing was like 
threading your way through. And it was just amazing how everything just got darker and more remote feeling. And you really did get that sensation of being out there in the black, particularly, uh, I think I've got a screenshot on my hard drive. Um, I think I'll call it the lonely buggy because I landed my SRV on the dark side of the moon, uh, way, way out in the abyss. And the, the night sky was just completely black, hardly a star, if anything. And you felt really alone in that. Uh, so I, I, w- I would recommend, you know, if you're going that way to Beagle Point, don't just take the, yeah, the M6 equivalent and uh, use an engineer ship. Just take a ship with a low jump range and then navigate your way. Because you really do get that I'm alone in this in the dark feeling. So I remember that. That was uh, that. That was my that was my first one that uh, came to mind. Um, my my second one that I, re- that I remember was um, mucking about in SRVs and using them like say what you do you you get a python on the ground and you'd like you'd use it as a rant like evil can evil over sidewinders. To see how many sidewinders you could evil can evil over in an SLV. Completely silly, completely pointless. But it was absolutely hilarious. It was really, really fun. So that's the other thing. Uh, and it's small ones as well, like the first time I went exploring the Thargoid ruins in VR. And again, that was really early on when people didn't really know what was in them. And you really felt as though you're an H.I. Geiger movie in VR for that. And uh, a little touch that people may or may not know that I really appreciate, and going back to what I was saying about the uh, shark seat on the Python, is if you look by the side of the seat, or the seats in some ships, like the things in the Sidewinder and the Cobra, there is a copy of the Elite, original Elite manual for the yeah. BBC game in the side pocket. And little touches like that, I think, yeah, that's, that's people who really love the game and understand the lore and the history of it. Just put a little, little manual of the old game in the seat pocket next to it. So I love that. Okay. I mean, yeah, the, the, there's some, some excellent touches there. I mean, um, while we have been uh, mentioning that, I mean, Commander Tekarov has, has got a couple of ones. Is uh, the asteroid-based visuals in Odyssey. Um, he's, he's really impressed with that, and um, Commander Taz One Hundred One has said, "Try that in in VR because apparently that looks better." Uh, and the other thing that uh, people have been mentioning, actually, there's, there's a lot of mentions here for the T10, the actual sound of the T10 or flying the T10 in VR with the sound of the engines. Uh, people are, really do like the sound of that ship. Um, I must admit, it's that long since I've flown my T10. I can't remember. I'm going to have to go back and look at it. Yeah, um, some of the sound effects are really great. It's like the ASP, because when you listen to the ASP, it sounds like a Second World War. It sounds fighter, like a Lancaster fighter. bomber. Well, it sounds like a Bristol Bow fighter, I think, was the sound I equated to. But it's like that Second World War fighter bomber, really heavy, really kind of... So it's brilliant. Love it. Yeah. Um, I mean, Phoenix Blue Zero... Um, and I'll agree with this one as well. If you've seen a nebula through a planetary atmosphere, that is absolutely stunning. I mean, I've always landed like landing on the night side of a uh, of a planet in a in a nebula, so you can see the nebula from the ground. I mean, that's been kind of replaced by the atmosphere, but it was still pretty um, when it uh, when it happened. 
so yeah, Happy Moon Monkeys is describing how the the T10 engines sound in VR, and uh, uh, yeah, Commander Tekarov is saying that the sound of a T-10 flying away after he'd rescued them are pretty good. Um, Psykit, have you got a top three or four that you could... Oh, my God, I've got so many, like, like little hidden gems, like, like little things that people might not even come across or not come across unless they're, they're, they're told about. Um, the sound... Now, this is... The first one is going to be a little bit morbid. Um... The sound of you um, suffocating to death. <laughs> well, like either in a like on foot or on um, when you're in a ship, is absolutely the level of terrifying and disturbing that it should be. Yes, and I, th- I think that is that is wonderful. I think it's it's such a wonderful addition. Um, and and in, unless you get yourself in a position where that might that might happen, um, or when it gets like proper brown trousers time, you, you're never going to hear that. And it, I I really do feel like every commander should at least one suffocate. Oh my god, <laughs> that's not a phrase. Um, <laughs> also, like just finding like a single system nebula. Yes. Akin to let's let's use the, the big example of the Spirograph Nebula, which a lot of people, when asked where is a good place to go and take pictures for the first time, yes. Um, if they've ne- never been out of the bubble, I want to go and see somewhere pretty, and I don't want to go too far. You want to go to the Spirograph Nebula, mate, and that's kind of like the first one that I will I will always send people to because it's so bloody gorgeous and I love it, and it's got the um it's got the 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 phenomena, it's got the the pretties. And all of that, but there were so many beautiful, like sim- single system nebulas just dotted around. Um, there's one like just off the beaten track on the way to Colonia, which is oh my gosh, it's chef's kiss levels of stunning. There were some absolutely beautiful sights that you could literally fly so close to and just completely miss and completely just lose um, by being a couple of degrees in another direction and that's um that's mental to me that you could you could just miss out on such beauty and such um, um, amazing stuff mm-hmm. trying to think of like those were my my two main ones were that haven't been said already the uh, the other thing i would say that that completely and utterly blew me away um was um is it the guardian beacons are those the ones that sit in space and you have to activate to get the guardian fighters oh damn right there goes all three you've all covered the three oh no (laughs) but yeah i'll agree with you the guardian beacons first time i actually saw one of those was in vr and that they just they are so stunningly beautiful the only the only problem I do have with those beacons is that, you know, once you've zapped them and got your your um your data from it, that's it. You've got like a finite to go back. Yeah, only a finite amount of times that you can do. Really disappointing. Mm, I know it, it's it's one thing that, and I mean it, it's utterly amazing to see. Uh, and admittedly, it's the, that's a bit like the Thargoid bases. You you visit the Thargoid base, bases or the Inara ba- Inra bases or anything where they've put a bit of plot on, 
And when you get there, it's absolutely fantastic. It's atmospheric. You feel involved in whatever plot is ongoing. But then it's a one-shot deal because after that, there's not really much of a way to go back to it. I had to go back to a Guardian ruin the other day because doing something ship-related and I wanted something a little bit more fancy. And it was it was so lovely to just have an excuse to go back to one of those sites because they're so they're so pretty. And I feel like, especially with the Guardian sites, I feel like some of those um archers, talking about like getting my hopes up and stuff, I feel like some of those archers and some of those things that look like they could be sliding doors that open. Yes. Might actually at some point be sliding doors that open, but you know, I'm not gonna um, say that out loud in case anybody um, thinks that um, I know something and it does happen because I, I just love for that to happen. Holy yeah, nuts, that would be amazing. There's a couple of places on the on the Guardian bases and in on the beacon itself, you think it looks like launch tubes, don't they? And you, you sort of half expect mm. you have expect something to fly out of there, or something I, I, to be, that you could fly out of there. Yeah, or like, or or why not both? You know, um, I think it's I think they're really cool. I think Guardian sites are just really cool in general, um, and I hope that going going forward, we find other reasons and other other things to do to go there. You can yeah. play great football at them. Great. <laughs> I must you can admit. Get one of the circular Guardian artifacts, and you can play football with the in SRVs. Yeah, that that is that is the thing. We know that um, Alec Turner has managed to get um, uh, those those uh, spheres in, in into bases, and I'm sure they've had a game of of Guardian ball around some some of the settlements. They have, yes, because I've been I joined in one. It got quite complicated because you need to have two people park the rest of these to be goalposts and things. <laughs> you, damn, of, you, you can't put you, your back suit down. <laughs> you can't <laughs> back suits for, for goalposts. Yeah. I mean, this, you've got to admit that the sound design in Elite Dangerous everywhere uh, is mm. is absolutely... Wasn't it nominated stunning. for a, game, a golden joystick? For sound or something like I that. I feel yeah. like it's win it's like award winning sound rather than award nominated sound. There was I'm a sure I've read that somewhere. No, I think Elite Dangerous has been nominated for a lot of things but never won anything. There was a um discovery scanner about how they do the sounds, wasn't there? Do you remember that one? Years mm-hmm. and years ago. That, there was one really recently as well with the gunshots and how they did that. Where yeah. where didn't they use the sound of someone's garage door closing as part of the Thargoid trumpet? That, or am I thinking of a different show? I remember I, signs of oven oven doors and ovens being used, but possibly garage doors too. Yeah, I mean, some of that stuff is is it's you know a typical sound design things that you take yeah. what sounds uh, normal and then you add filters and and compressors and all wonderful things so they sound completely different. But um, the whole that whole sound of space thing that they did where they explained all the. Yeah, you know, the sound of all the planets and the radio astronomy. Yeah. Oh, this this is one thing that really this is actually something that got me the other day because uh, I was out on one of the planets um, and it, it had uh, one of the uh, the tubular plants there. And as I was walking around, I thought I heard whistling, and I went, "That's weird." And as I walked away from the plant, the whistling stopped. I walked back up to the plant, and sure enough, if you go to one of the tubular 
um, plants, which are obviously some kind of hollows, you can you can hear what sounds like you, when you blow uh, over a straw, and you get that kind of sort of quiet oo sound. I just thought that that was a fantastic little touch. I think there's other little touch as well, which which is now sparking the thoughts off, but. It's the nod to existing physics and science I appreciate. Like, for example, there's heat sinks. You know, you think, well, space is cold, isn't it? What do you need heat sink for? But no, there's no nothing to induct the heat to, so therefore you need to pile everything into a slab of metal called a heat sink and then eject it. And But it's little touches like that, like silent running. Like uh, you drop your shields and you heat up in silent running. Well, of course you would, because you've got nowhere for the heat to go to other than so it's things like that where you take a step back and you think about it you think that's a really clever suggestion and i would class actually Colin, being serious magna pants in that as well because people don't think about the, the fact there's no gravity generation magna pants solves that just as, as heat sinks do the uh, no induction that's uh, weird. Psychic, you've got a, a new one that's that's yeah, just yeah, popped into yeah. your head. Like um, like like a more recent one talking about hidden gems. Um, mm. not not necessarily too hidden right now because it's bloody everywhere. But that maybe maybe in like a few months' time when people aren't jumping their fleet carriers left, right, and center, and someone someone hops on a fleet carrier for the first time and they see that jump. Yeah, like it, talking like how people was it? I can't remember which magazine it was, but they were saying that the hyperspace jump is incredible. I think that the the fleet carrier jump goes above and beyond what a hyperspace jump could be. Yeah, and that, and that to me is so more. It's a lot more hidden than a um, than a a, a normal and a, a normal hyperspace jump because it's one of the first things that you do. Yeah, I mean. Uh, I mean, carrying on with that kind of um, capital ship jump thing is that if you are in a conflict zone, a high conflict zone, and either a, a federal or an imperial capital capital ship jumps in, I'm sorry, first time I, I heard that, I, I almost jumped out of my skin. Uh, oh, that's an awesome sight and phenomenal. sound. Phenomenal. It's just so good. I know, and the thing is, a lot of people... I reckon there's about ninety percent of the player base have never seen or heard that. It's people, especially, especially the Odyssey. The people who people who now predominantly would play will fight in Odyssey things or or fight on those. Then then they're never going to hear capital class ship detected and uh, again, you know. Yeah, I know. I mean, th- this is one of the things that I keep on saying. Well, this is my bit for being grumpy, I suppose. This is one of the things where I'm saying they're, they're, they're going to have to include space components in a lot of the on-foot missions to just to, to get people to, to experience this more. Because I think there's a lot of elite dangers that people are missing out on that, that, is, that does make this game as good as it is. But, yeah. Ben? Oh, hang, hang on. Why are you saying people who play Odyssey are going to miss that? I assume that the high those high conflict zones are in Odyssey. Yeah, no, absolutely. But but playing playing Odyssey, playing on like an on foot combat thing. Um, this is just from 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 a me me perspective. At the moment, I am fighting in a shared ton of different wars to ensure that. Um, by the time we we finish this war, we've won enough battles to win all of the settlements rather than just winning one asset. 
So it's it's more beneficial to me to continue to fight on the ground in Odyssey from a BGS perspective. That said, I'm missing so much flying in my Corvette and going to a um going to a high CZ um outside. Okay, I was worried there because it sounded like they'd been. Oh no 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 no! They, they they still exist. You can go you can go and do one now. How like in the system, you can literally oh. go and do them now. But they they haven't they haven't been removed. They just it's just more beneficial for me to do it or do the ground combat. Sorry sorry for giving you a heart attack, Ben. My apology. It's a, it's okay. I I can breathe again now. Yeah, I know. I mean, that's that that was one of the the things that. I was saying is because there's this there's stuff to do. Uh, a lot of people are focusing on the on ground stuff in in Odyssey. That a lot of the space stuff is is being either neglected or for, or um, uh, forgotten about. And I'd like Frontier to try and signpost or involve that that space gameplay in those missions so that you know grumpy? it's okay. You go grumpy. Yay! And then, and then we'll go Shang Grumpy and then back to Psyche. It should be one damn game, not two damn games. Well, that's what I'm trying to say. I know. You know, uh, we, uh, it, it does at the, the moment. break of Odyssey. You know, this is Odyssey content, and this is, well, b- what I guess we could call Beyond content. You know, yes. I, like I, call, I call it Beyond. Yeah. It's like, no, it's Elite Dangerous content. Why can't it just be all, all for one? Yeah, I mean, but what I'm saying is that if you if you take an Odyssey mission, I I think at a certain point there should be space stuff involved yeah. with it. So basically, yeah. if it you know, it, oh, I, I'm trying to think of ways to look it up. Though. Back when we talked about why I I get that they want us to run around on foot. Fuck that. Let me access the terminals from the space station from my spaceship, and vice versa. You know, give us combined missions. You know, have yeah. it all in together. Don't why? Just, just why? I, I, I don't, I don't uh, understand. And 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 relax, relax while while Shan takes up the reins. No, no, I'm not going to be. Well, the only thing I'm moderately, it's not, it's not even irritated at, is the thing that I don't like about the carrier jump bit. Is the stupid slacker who needs sacking with the iPad. <laughs> He's playing Gallagher, it's fine. He's on space he's on Facebook or social media or something. He's fucking around with his iPad when he's got a console in front of him that he's supposed to be using to plot the course. You so, know they're your actually, employees, right? You know that those two those two people are be, the they're the Tritium person yeah, but and they then don't, the other they don't person. Act, they don't act like I'm their boss. Well they the Tritium person does fuck all anyway, so well, they don't act like I'm their boss. They should stand and salute or let me throw them out an airlock and anyway. So that that was that bit. But would you would you I was thinking about the one game and people not finding these hidden gems in general. One of, the, one of the tricks other games use is they have the concept of uh, of a daily. Yes, they can be a bit of like a tick list, but what they do is they give you additional rewards or something for doing certain tasks each day or a different set of tasks each day. So do you think that would work here in to kind of somehow... Cause Isn't then, that called then, the BGS? No, 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 no. It's not called the BGS because the BGS... Um, is, I know what you mean. It's sort of like... Um, like daily goals, basically. Yeah, so, so you have a list of five things to do today to earn, I don't know, a million extra credits, you know, and that you'd, you'd have, I don't know, discover a, um, 
discover a, a plant sequence or visit a Thargoid ruin or something like that, that you would think, oh, okay, I'll try that. And then that would then open up these other forms of gameplay and these other sights and sounds for people to maybe think, oh, I fancy, I like going to a planetary nebulous. I'll try and find another one. That sort of thing. And yes, they can become a bit repetitive shopping list, whatever, but they can also expand your gameplay. There's also nothing that, that you don't necessarily have to do them as no, well. It's just there absolutely. was a suggestion. Yeah. Um, like, like, like what the tip-offs used to be, but a little bit more like, if you go and find this, you will get, we'll give you like a shit ton of money and we promise it's worth your while, rather than a tip-off just being crash shipped somewhere that is nothing. Yeah, something to encourage you to do. Even like PvP, you can have a million, get a million credits for killing another player, for example. Well, yeah. I just killed that conversation. <laughs> no, no, because it, it does... It does give you an excuse to explore different gameplay experiences, different ways of doing things. And I, I think it's too easy to get sucked into repetitive grind. Although, yes, Elite has that in spades, of course. But it's too easy to just get sucked into the min-max way of doing things rather than the interesting, different way of doing things. Yeah, I, mean, I, I actually agree with that. And I, if I remember rightly, so did David Braben. Braben was quoted in saying the the one thing that he has been a little disappointed with was the fact that they haven't been able to signpost some of the coolest stuff that's in there um, so that it's easier for people to find. And he was on about stuff like uh, the brain trees and um, a whole load of stuff that was in Horizons, but everybody took absolutely ages to find. Um, I mean, now that um, consoles are out the way, does this mean that we could see the possibility of, say, on-foot CGs or planetary-based CGs going forward? Maybe. Would you want in-game achievements, though? You know, how you have Steam achievements and whatnot. Would you want those? Actually, I'm not quite so sure. Cause I'm I not... would. Oh, well, I mean... Well, they, have got... them, they had them on Xbox, didn't they? They had the Xbox achievements. Yeah, they don't have them on Steam, do they? No. Ah, yeah. Anyway, I mean, uh, did you have uh, another one that you've just had capital letters about? I did, I did, I did, I did. I had, I had a one, and then I thought of another one, and then the, the second one has completely um, escaped me for a second, but I, I probably will be able to come back to it. Um, it's on the back of the suffocation and the canopy breaking and all of that amazing like sound um, that we were talking about before. If... Like and and also also when you're walking around on foot when you go in and out in and out of bases you see your visor go up and down and I love that attention to detail it's one of my favorite yeah, I mean, things is like being able to see the little little visor bits on the side I just think it's so cute and people can miss it especially when your canopy blows out yeah your canopy blows out and your visor comes down in front of you and you've got a kind of reflective effect um. As the visor comes down, like you have the reflective effect when um, you're walking around on a planet, and the breath on the if you if you been running for a little while and you get the breath on the condensation, oh, on, you do, don't you? I love that. I absolutely love that. It didn't need it to be in. You know, <laughs> you didn't need to see that at all. And just like stuff like that is just those little touches. I, I'm just I'm so fond of them. Oh, have you noticed in, in, in Odyssey now when you actually? I, I can. I saw this because I was doing. Um, I noticed this because I was doing stuff in Horizons, 
for power play and then I flipped through to Odyssey to do some uh, some exploration in Odyssey I've noticed when as you approach a star you can see the star being reflected in the scanner while you couldn't yeah. in in horizons it's a nice little touch there so so as you're flying towards an L class star which is normally purple uh, the, the scanner the scanner and the lighting effect will all be purple at the front of your uh, of the front of your HUD but if you're flying to a G-class star, a yellow star, it's all yellow. And the same with a with an A-class blue star. It's, it really is. It's one of these nice little effects I didn't notice before and, until last night. Or am I the only one that noticed it? I, had, I hadn't noticed it. I hadn't noticed it. I think that's really cool. I'll have to watch out for it. Yeah, because once you notice it, you, you, you can't un-ignore it. it. It's one of these things, you, you once you've noticed it, that's it. Yeah, I'll definitely keep an eye out for it. I just, I, we, I, I just really like Elite. What can I say? <laughs> uh, there's quite a bit of love on chat for the EGSM badges. Oh, God, yeah. Which isn't strictly in-game, but uh, it's a good touch. So do you think someone, can someone explain me to what you mean by the EDSM badges? Because I've got no, no clue. So when you, when you do something... When you do something in game, it's a bit like a it's a bit like an achievement that it gives you. But you you effectively they've they've made badges for for certain certain events that might happen to you in game. If you've got um, if you're reporting your journal via whatever method like EDMC or anything along those lines, yeah. Um, yeah. It th- when certain things happen. So for example, if you fly to Hutton, you get a badge. If you do. Um, if you do uh, some, I don't know, like some exploration and all of those kind of things, guardian sites, you get badges. Um, oh, and right. you can wear those badges like a little, like a little thing of honor, or put them on your. Um, you get an email when you when you achieve a badge. It's very cool, and I really like it. They're a bit like the Inara. Yeah, yeah. I'm, okay. Uh, yeah, I've got a couple of the Inara things when I've synced my account up. So yeah, I I, I understand that. I understand what you mean now. So, yeah, that's that's, <laughs> that's quite good. Um, but it's a shame there's not actually in-game. You know, you can't... You, like we're talking about decals and stuff. Yes, there are some decals you can kind of get through paying arcs, but I, I would love to be able to have, a, I don't know, a, a little kill sign on my ship for a, a Thargoid. Yeah, I mean... Something that's... like that would be... Really, really good, but they just insist on putting it behind real money stuff rather than having you earn it in game, which I think is a yeah. shame because well, it can really add to the longevity of a game. Well, they've, they've done things like that in the past with the interstellar initiatives, which I know. Um, I think the first couple were a bit ropey, but um, after that, they really hit their stride with them. And you know, you'd get special decals or decals or whatever, you, however you wish to. Decals. I don't know what Shan's talking about. Yeah, I know. Um, I'm, I'm trying to be neutral here. Decal decals. And, <laughs> and you'd get one of these as a reward for actually completing um, uh, the whole interstellar, interstellar initiative. And, you know... I, I mean, that was a bit like, here's a special prize, you came to my party kind of thing. Didn't they do one recently for CG as well? Didn't we do a... Um... Didn't they do a, a, a decal? Yeah, the Brewer Corporation. And there was another one before that as well, wasn't there? One with like little white, like ex- 
experiment flasks and stuff. I'm sure I might, I, you know what, I've had a drink since then, so it's probably not the case. No, I remember the one where we had to go out and, and get stuff from the Guardian Ruins. They were giving away decals, decals. You got me at it now. It's a decals. 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 It's Decky Park, not... Decals, I don't care. It's Decky Park, not Decky And Deckle is the, is the same base word as Decky from Decky Park, so, yeah. You know what? You know what? I think that the developers, um, if the developers actually shoot down another player, that player should get a decal. I've been killed by such and such a player. I think you should get a, a decal for killing David Braben or a developer in-game. Oh, no, no, that's just putting a... <laughs> you might as well put targets... Well, to tell you the truth, there's probably targets on their backs anyway. It's no, but... different, no different to now, otherwise you, you get the feeling even better about it. Yeah, I, there's a thing. If only we could give away decals <laughs> for people who off-ben. That would be well, something thanks. unique. Now, you want something like, you know, I flew all the way to Hustle Orbital and all I got was this lousy decal. <laughs> I flew all the way to Hutton Orbital. Where's my bloody anaconda? <laughs> free, deck, free anaconda decal. At, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what we want. Free anaconda. Yeah. So, right. Um, okay, well, I think we're going to bring this one to um, <laughs> to an end. Um, uh, so we will move on to the uh, community corner. Um, one last thing, though. Uh, I, I hate this, because... April Fools. I mean, really, it. Uh, I just find it so predictable. There'll be a whole lot of people who just complain about. Oh, look, they are going to release it on consoles. Oh. I. I found Raxler. I think Frontier should do proper April Fools jokes like other games do. I'm sorry, but that's just being a Grinch of not playing an April Fools joke on the player base. Other games do it, and it's been hilarious every single time they do it. No, but I think there's just too many in this community that will be looking to take offence. So no matter what what they do, it will just be... Yeah, the, 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 the normal people, the sensible people, would think, oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> like, for example, for example, top of your head, change out your guns on um, so when you hit a player, they're paintballs. Change out your guns so it makes a rubber duck sound. Or a little little sign comes out that says "bang," something like that. I mean, uh, yes, drink along. But Guild Wars has some amazing jokes like that. They played on the player base, and people loved them. People still remember them even later, sort of five or six years after the event. It's because it's just joining in the fun of April Fool. It's not yeah. you're an April Fool, you're a moron. It's hey, it's a fun day to play tricks on people. And yeah, like maybe, but um, you got to remember that. Uh, and as Mac Winston said on, on the uh, uh, in the chat room, he's just sort of oh God, people yeah. got so offended at a joke which was mining salt from the community, and Zach had to apologise to people on the uh, on the forums because basically uh, one no, indiv- the funny bone. Yeah, it, it was a misjudged comment, and Phoenix everybody else it. everybody else got the joke. But of course, the person who yeah. feeling is blue in chat had a good one. He said, "Swap the audio files to the weapons so they make actual pew pew sounds." I would. I. You know what? On Friday, I'm just going to do that anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to mute my I, weapons and pew 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 pew. 
I, I am a frustrated April Fool's thing because Mrs. Shan's birthday is April the 1st. So oh. the, our, our, our 33 years together, I have never been able to you play. You can't April do Fool. an April Fool on her. No. No, that, yeah. that, that would, would be marriage suicide. That would, wouldn't oh, it? God, yeah. but it? That would be... I mean, you know, I, oh, an MLM or something like that? What? A marriage limiting move instead of a CLM. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I I'm just out of these acronyms. Um. Oh, do you guys do you guys not have CLMs? I'm now scared to what CLM could be. It's a career limiting move. Oh right. I think my entire career's been them. <laughs> oh, yeah, but I generally, I think they <clears throat> should put more festivals in in game that players can join in on. You know, have an event. I mean, other other games do Christmas, they do Halloween, they do other things as well, and they're just a bit of fun. No one takes them seriously, and they're just a way of letting your hair down and um, and having a laugh. And I think it's too. I know too what they should do, it. and it's prob- they can't do it now. It's too late. But what would have been amazing, instead of it being frameshift drive charging, they should have had it done as a friendship drive charging. Just a nice subtle thing like that. Or if you know, then you could have guns that fire cheesy peas. <laughs> that really dates you, Colin. <laughs> yeah. Uh dear. Anyway. <laughs> uh moving on to the community corner. Well, for those of you uh in still who haven't seen or are interested in the fleet carrier, uh we have Commander Orange Phoenix who gives us a tour of his uh fleet carrier with some interesting music. I haven't seen this one yet. How interesting is the music or it's it's Tokuso, I think. Oh, is it? I don't know. It's, it might be Tokuso, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's always Phoenix and he does beautiful... You know, he, he's always got lovely images and things like that. Yeah. But it's just it, him walking around his fleet carrier as well, so hey. <laughs> it's just when Ben puts interesting in quotes, I'm half expecting to hear porn music, that's all. That probably says more about one of us. You than anybody else. <laughs> yeah, but you're um, expecting to hear the porn. <laughs> Um, obviously, we've just covered the uh, the article by Phil Savage, which um, covered the the jumping in hyperspace and elite. Um, it's yeah, uh, again, it's it's one of those moments which it really is first time that you you make a jump. It is it is one of those moments where you feel like this is amazing, and then you get the shock when the sun just jumps, or the the, star, the target star just jumps in, in, into your screen. Uh, I mean, <laughs> who can forget that it now makes uh, Uppers Not Jump the one of the uh, scared of the star? So, <laughs> always a good video, that. Um, also, we have the results from the Buckyball Aquarian job. Now, <clears throat> Um, it seems that when I when I last checked this, I, I was about 18th, and I've, I've now dropped down to 21st. I feel like the Daniel Ricciardo of, of Buckyball at the moment. Oh, no, that hurts me in so many different ways. <laughs> I pinned him off of my fantasy group after the first week. I was like, Ricciardo, I am done. <laughs> I know, I know. It's... it's, it's um. 
Yeah, it's it's horror. It's I thought I would have done better than that, so I'm going to have to put some serious practice in for the next one. Psychic, well, congratulations, you came twelfth. We got the same points, Colin. It's not a congratulatory time. Okay. I'm so angry about it. The last time I checked before I went away on Friday, I was like in seventh and I was so happy. And then I came back and I was fucking well. <laughs> now you know, next time there's a buckyball race on, you can't take the time off. Epipus, no. Yeah, serves you right for going on holiday. Psyche has gone really grumpy this week. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm fine. I'm fine. Let's just say you bring it out of me, Shan. How did I do anything of this? Just blame Colin. What have I done wrong here? I mean, for goodness sakes, you I had you did better you had than the, me. Colin, you had the temerity to come equal points with, with Psyche. I mean, how dare you? Even though she was ten minutes faster. It just it's just it's just disappointing to have not to have not been in the one point club and then get to Sunday when I actually have the opportunity to try it again and Kim Planet is the wrong side of the shitting. Pl- oh, I was very angry. It was a very angry time. Ah, <laughs> uh, I mean, special mentions have to go to Alec Turner, who decided to do <laughs> in honour. He, he did an awful lot on the SRV. Does um, Does Alec have to start looking in his bed for seven horse heads and stuff from Psychic? Nah. Uh... came first. With a time of 21 minutes and 33 seconds. Uh, with Shane Blackwood and Alec Turner following up in second and third. Um, oh, of course, Psychic, you managed it in 29 minutes, 17 seconds. You know, that, that's a very respectable time. You know what? I was super proud of myself for being sub 30 minutes. It's it was It was super tricky and a lot of fun. And there's another one. Um... There's one mid-April, which is the Wiccan run, and then there's one that starts on the 7th of May. Yeah, I mean, those are the next the next two. So the Wiccan run, for those of you who are not, uh, not uh, who don't know anything about the history of it, that is the first uh, race there, there was in Frontier First Encounters. So they've gone and recreated that. So, um, yes, that's going to be fun to, to, to see. Um, looking forward to the next one. Hell yeah! There's less SRVing in the next one. I mean, let's be honest, um, Psychic. You are basically about ten points above, ten places above me in the rankings. If we, if you just go on time. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm quicker than you. Trying to make Psychic feel better about. I'm, I'm quicker than you, but I just, I just, like my goal throughout this whole season is at one point I'm going to be out. At one point I'm going to be out of the one point club. That's my plan. <laughs> so um, hopefully, hopefully it happens. If not, all I can say is that I have absolutely tried my fucking hardest <laughs> to get in those groups. Yeah, and spare a thought for Katiana, who's or Katiana, who is who came last on twenty fourth. She says she was uh, just happy to get under an hour. I was so proud of her, <laughs> so proud of her. Hey, Kat- hey, Katiana's got the right attitude in this. It's it's not about where you come; it's about trying your hardest. No, absolutely, absolutely, it is. It, it's it's they are so much fun. It's such a cool event. 
Um, like everything, all of it is such a cool event to even like even be a part of, and it's such a a great way to get folks together. Um, and, but and, I would really like to be in the top ten at some point. And, and for all those who are above psychic, you kind of didn't quite do it the right way. What you should have done is let psychic get a point ahead for a day and then beat her by a point. I was seventh. Mm. I was seventh on Friday when I left Shan. So I thought yeah. I was in there. Yeah, so they should have so, so like, let you guys. That's how it going. happened. They, they, they should let you just get ahead by that point and then... But that's just... how it happened. Mm. Yes. I, I thought I was there and then I wasn't. A, a bit like Hamilton was at first qualifying. Oh, fuck me. <laughs> What? We haven't even talked about it, Colin. What a race! <laughs> oh, I know. It was absolutely oh my fantastic. That, that race was amazing. I must admit, just going for the first two races uh, so far this year, I'm really looking forward to the rest of the season. It, it's going it's to be absolutely batshit mental, and I cannot wait. <laughs> <laughs> well, going back to this, um, Ewan Spence, who... Um, he, he does a lot of stuff for the mug. Uh, also, he's a BAFTA-nominated podcaster, blogger, writer, and commentator, according, according to himself. Um, he is now doing a... He, he's done a blog explaining how difficult it was to take the Hutton mug uh, from the bubble to the Colonia in a sidewinder while visiting every single megaship in the um, Colonia Bridge. So uh, we've put a link into that uh, uh, into the show notes for anybody who'd like to uh, uh, <laughs> see uh, how we did. And uh, it's quite a nice, interesting read. So uh, um, I'd recommend that one. Uh, and also, there's the Fatherhood's Lost Souls three starting this Friday. Um, that's um, an expedition, isn't it, Ben? That's right. Oh, sorry. Psychic. Sorry. Yeah. Um, we, we, yeah, it, it, they've um, got an expedition planned out over the course of 20, I think it's like 19 to 23 weeks, something along those lines. Um, uh, and it's just um, hot, an, uh, another um, expedition. It's completely in horizons as well. Yeah. So there, there we have it. Um, our mostly clueless uh, hint this this week. I think this one we've we've kind of mentioned it before, but it is something that um, a lot of people miss out on. Um, this is from uh, Domzilla twenty one twelve. Um, repair your integrity in advanced maintenance, as this does affect the the armor and the hull etc. of your ship. Now we know this because when we had. Um, uh, well, Sandro. we're doing a lot of what Sandro brought up when we had him on. When we had him on, he, he brought these. Uh, what did he call? I forgot what he what he termed it. But there's a there is an internal value to the game that means the stressier your ship is, i.e., the least the least you repair your paintwork and integrity, mm-hmm. the more notice the cops take of it, and the more chance your ship then has of being scanned. That's not what I meant. Um, yeah, that's that's the hidden uh, that's the hidden um, stat that's in your ship when you uh, when the security service comes to you. What the uh, integrity does is is basically it, it um, if you do if you don't keep on top of your um, ship integrity, 
actually it you lose up to about 60% of your hull your hull will collapse a lot more uh, a lot quicker as uh, Mindwipe found out to his his cost when he was flying around defending uh, the Hutton truckers um, for their mugs uh, and basically got jumped by three uh, code guys, which normally wouldn't have been able to take on his anaconda, but because he'd been out in the black so long and hadn't repaired his integrity, um, basically he crumbled. Uh, and I, I remember hearing an awful lot of complaints about this until it was explained to him. <laughs> um, yeah, what was that about Sandro? Oh, I, I was going to mention it was Sandro who mentioned uh, on on the ship. But on on that note, do you think uh, Sandro and Michael Brooks have uh, gone the same way as Russian generals in who tell Mister Beauty bad news at the moment and they disappear and never seen again? Um, but anyway, Sandro, yes, he did say that about the. Uh, the, the the integrity as well as the armor thing. Do, do you actually do that, Colin? Do you do people on the screen? Do you actually repair the the arm the uh, integrity and paint as you go, or do you just leave it? Oh no, I always I, I always repair the integrity every single time. I mean, originally um, people that was originally split out because um, people were complaining that the repair bills were too much, especially with the ASP. So what they did was, okay, you can repair your hull, but if you want to go for a full repair, to repair your integrity costs a lot more. Do you think it should be more expensive now? I, I think that ship sailed, <laughs> to be honest. There's no point wondering about that kind of thing now. They've had seven years to, to balance it out, and they've they've not done it. So. What are you, like, have you, um, do you always repair your ship, repaint it? Um, yeah. Yeah, mo- mostly. I think when I remember to, when I'm in a ship for, uh, um, if I've gone on like a big journey, I'll come back and I'll notice how tatty my ship is. So I'll probably paint it and then re- um, do the integrity at the same time. Ben? Yeah, pretty much the same as the other guys. I, I'll always go off and, you know, knock out any dents and things like that or give my paint, give my ship kit a pa- uh, fresh look of paint. I haven't looked at new drivers, but if you buy a brand new Ferdelant, the paint scratched on it. It's not sure, but you know, I I know you know, you know, looking at my cutter and she looks glorious. Was somebody was someone asking in the chat about um, Star Wars Galaxies? I'm not sure. I was one. Oh. I was. I know Obsidian Ant recently did a video about Star Wars Galaxies. Oh right, fair enough. Yeah. Oh. It's, <laughs> now there's there's a there's a game that I would have loved to have come back, but um, you, just got, you used to play that, didn't you, Colin? I did quite a bit. Um, <clears throat> but you know, I, it was more one of my two MMOs at the time, and of course, yeah. one uh, Matrix Online went first, and then uh, Star Wars yeah, Galaxies went, went uh, not long after. Yep. Because I didn't really, I didn't really end up playing the new NGE. I think the NGE, I just yeah, yeah. Anyway, and right. Photo basically kill kill it anyway. Yeah, even though everyone said no, it, it totally wasn't. It's oh, was it Kai that said that? Um, he might have. I don't know. Yeah, thought so. So there you are. Yeah, uh, <laughs> the New Republic came out and uh, and was the final nail in the coll- coffin for it. Also, I, did, uh, I really did enjoy Sotor too. Yes, I must admit, I, I am still tempted to go back to Sotor every now and again, but then I realised. Yeah. No, <laughs> I've been. I've been really. Uh, they really. Sorry, I know we're wrapping up, 
But have you, I love the 4K videos that they've been re-releasing. Yeah, they're all... Uh, I mean, th- those videos were always so good anyway. Uh, and I read the original books by... Was it Drew Cardassian? Yes, because he was the, the lead writer on oh, Knights of the Old Republic. Not Cardassian, but Cardassian or so- something like that. I can't remember what his, his full name is. Yeah. Yeah, the writer for... The writer for Knights of the Old Republic, but then he also did a couple of the. He did a few of the stories for Swotor and the official novels that sort of tie in novels. Yeah, right. Um, well, does anybody have any other business before I give our final shout outs? I do um, have one more thing to say, Colin. Okay, Magna Pants. Yes, I know. No, good good shout. Fig. Solid, solid work. Mother Figs has already come up with a hashtag MagnaPants. Thanks. <laughs> we need the advert, Colin, before the before the meme sales. We need that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, um, of, of course, if anybody um, would like to message us with their own um, secret little, um, what do what do we call them? Um, hidden gem. Uh, that they've found an elite dangerous. Uh, we'd love to hear them, and we'll probably read them out at some point. Um, but... that. Not really hidden gems. They're more like the, um, the the boiled sweets you find in your back pocket in your jeans or something. You know, they're, they're, oh, I'm, 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 I'm sorry, I'm not a grandfather. I don't have boiled sweets in my back pocket. Thank you very Fucking much. Fucking Werther's originals over it. I've, <laughs> I've got some. I've got some Werther's. <laughs> Uh, or at least I did have some words. So they are what? they are the sweets in the back of your magna pants, Colin. <laughs> Werther's originals. Let us let us know about your your Werther's originals um, of Elite Dangerous. Let us know in the comments below. And while you're at it, what's that, Colin? Don't forget to like yeah. and subscribe. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that <clears throat> yes. Right. Okay. Well, shout outs for the for for uh, this week. Obviously, our sister station, Hutton Orbital Radio, it broadcasts on a Thursday at 8.30. You can tune in at twitch.tv slash Hutton Orbital Truckers, or just, if you want the audio, at radio.forthemug.com. Um, so, commander that likes to see a bit of CQC action, check out the CQC Discord at discord.me slash Elite Dangerous CQC. We're now getting a whole load of stuff in the chat room about... Um, <laughs> travel sweets in tins now it's no do you, do you still get them <laughs> yeah yeah you definitely can i know yeah. that <laughs> winter mute wants to suck on a fisherman's friend um what about um packets of salt in chris do you still get those yeah and then the salt and shake yeah of course you do yeah the salt and shakes uh, we're also giving shout outs to the following elite dangerous podcasts um so hello to allograb am well Black Sky Legion, uh, Canon Podcast, uh, Spanish speakers have the Elita cast. There's a Fatherhood Podcast, Flight Assist. Who's on Flight Assist? Uh, Commander Druidic Fireball, one of the wing commanders of the Fatherhood. Excellent. We also have the Guard Frequency, Loose Screws, Squeaking Fuel, and System Chat. Um, following this, we've got the latest Galnet News Digest, as provided by Commander Witherspoon and Commander Beetlejuice. And we'd just like to thank everybody who's chipped in, in the Twitch chat. And what in-game commanders have you had helping Psyche out with her war? So, yeah, uh, Chris Mark IV and Miggles 
and I have been. We've we've managed to win a couple of wars for Psychit. Well, it's not. It's, it's not just for me. It's for my my squadron who are very no, grateful it is, it for you doing the thing. No, I. I mean, I. I absolutely do give a fuck. I'm not even going to pretend <laughs> that I don't because we've been working a whole fucking year towards this shit. But um, <coughs> yeah, thank you very much. I've I've just been like shooting we've, we've shit with people in your name. Ta. So basically, you've been killing in the name of. Yes. Dun, cool. dun, 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 dun. I don't know how that song goes. I started I started singing along and then I realised I couldn't remember how it went. And then, then I thought, oh God, I'm going to have to backtrack and not mention it. And then I just talked, kept talking. Anyway, continue with your shout-outs. Please, Colin. I don't know. I'm just telling China to expect someone who's digging their way through to them. <laughs> I just have an idea for Magda Pants advert, Colin. Oh, no. Uh, then then, then no, kindly... No, no, no. It's genius. Do you... Do you remember the Levi Strauss 501's jeans with the guy in the laundrette? What, the space cowboy? Oh, he could put his magna pants off in like his laundrette. <laughs> I've got, all I've got a sudden, all of a sudden he switches magna pants on and that he's just going round and round and round in the drum. <laughs> anyway, um, also special thanks to Commander Tokuso, JN Trax and Alan Stride who have created music for this show. Okay, that's it for another episode of Lave Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can email info at laveradio.com, hit us up at facebook.com slash laveradio, tweet us at laveradio, or you can join our Discord server by going to discord.io slash laveradio. We also have a TeamSpeak server where commanders like to hang out and chat, and you can find that at teamspeak.laveradio.com. Lave Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at... 8.30 and streamed out at laveradio.com slash live. Thanks to Psychit. Thanks to Ben and thanks to Shan. And special thanks goes to today's tech specialist, Putnik Santiago. Until next time, commanders, fly safe. And if you can't do that, fly dangerous.
Galnet News Digest, 29th of March, 3308. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, we investigate the bribes and lies of two different mining ventures. We look at whether Thargoids are targeting megaships instead of starports. And we visit Dea Matrona, where the famous experienced jelly is once again back in stock. The dodgy characters that run Salvation's faction, Taurus Mining Ventures, have executed a bait-and-switch after luring prospective miners into Guardian space, making their prospective partners travel another 100 light-years away from the bubble. On the 23rd of March, Taurus Mining Ventures' Director of Research, Dr Reuben Carpenter, announced that they had discovered special radioactive ores in the Sinuf EN-H D11-106 system. On the 28th of March, they announced that they were almost ready to start mining operations in that system and would shortly be inviting independent commanders to come over and assist in this potentially highly lucrative operation. These special minerals could only be found in this one special system, they said. And then, later on Monday, they seemed to have decided that the unique system with the special radioactive ores wasn't the Sinuf EN-HD11-106 system after all, but was instead Sinuf CE-R C21-6, which is 100 light-years further east. They very quietly appear to have falsified their earlier documents, substituting the new system name for the old, without actually telling anyone or giving any reason. This new system is one their Heart of Taurus megaship jumped to two weeks ago, on the 17th of March, and is another system with Guardian structures and ruins. The Masashi megaship which Taurus Mining Ventures captured from Admiral Aidan Tanner of Aegis is in nearby HIP 39768, yet another system with Guardian ruins. Quite why Taurus Mining Ventures chose to mislead pilots about the location of these ores with allegedly magical properties is a mystery. The duplicitous nature of salvation, Taurus Mining Ventures, and the possibly related azimuth biochemicals is well documented, as is their avaricious approach to anything touched by the ancient guardian civilization. It is not remotely clear what they plan to do with these irradiated ores, but it is equally clear that a large contingent of independent pilots is ready to help them out and make a healthy profit in the process. Sinuefe CE-RC21-6 is already filling up fast with fleet carriers, carrying whole flotillas of mining rigs. Whatever qualms we may have about the morality of what Salvation has been doing, whatever concerns we may have about the destabilisation of the balance of power, whatever rumours are beginning to spread about Salvation's ultimate goal. The promise of a decent profit will always guarantee a loyal following. If you want to lay your hands on the extremely rare Matrona Experience Jelly, you can get some now. But you'd better hurry. Last week, the Argus Corporation ceded control of the Dea Matrona system to the anarchist Hand Gang, after a lengthy conflict that reportedly involved assaults on surface installations and smuggling of drugs and slaves, all of which undermined the stability of the ruling government. 
A representative of the gang confirmed that the operation received substantial backing from the East India Company, an organisation that deals largely in the supply of rare goods. With the handgang of Dea Matrona back in charge of Pins and Dock, Matrona Experience Jelly, previously outlawed by the federally aligned Argus Corporation, is temporarily available on the open market. Matrona Experience Jelly is a designer drug, a programmable narcotic highly sought after by users from all walks of life, eager for the opportunity to hallucinate whatever they desire. The experiences can be customised or pre-programmed experiences that are as vivid as real life can exchange hands for large sums. The handgang is not used to power and appears to be chaotically organised. It's already at war with another faction in the system. It seems likely that the faction will lose control of Pins and Dock within days, bringing to an end the supply of the rare good. The value of any stocks bought now and stored in a fleet carrier or elsewhere is likely to increase with rarity. The East India Company is reported to be taking full advantage of its brief availability to create stocks of the jelly. But they have not indicated what experiences they had pre-programmed the jelly with. We're now nearly seven weeks into the latest campaign of Thargoid attacks on the bubble. The incursions have been intermittent, with three weeks between the first attack on the 10th of February and the second on 3rd of March. It was then two weeks more until the third attack on the 17th of March, bringing to eight the number of systems attacked. During these eight incursions, only three stations, Beaufoy Vision in Naune, Gunport in Dan and Lee Horizons in Gabia were attacked. And the fight back is going well. Two of the 17th March targets still have massive Thargoid presence, and two others still have some Thargoid presence, with the other four systems completely cleared of Thargoids. Lembas in the Witchhead Nebula, which was targeted before the assault on the bubble started, seems to have a perpetual small Thargoid presence. It may be significant that almost all the systems attacked by Thargoids contain an attacked and derelict megaship, one of which, the Gordon-class bulk cargo ship HDI-31 in Naune, has a log suggesting that the Thargoid attack had been prompted by some sort of cargo the megaship have salvaged from a wreck, and that was guiding the megaship towards some unknown destination. The Thargoids are known to be provoked to violence by some cargoes, including Guardian and Thargoid artefacts. The supposedly defunct Aegis Defence has stationed, refuel, rearm, repair megaships in all the attacked systems and will pay well for confirmed Thargoid kills via the mission system. Meanwhile, there are only two starports still under repair and none at all in need of emergency evacuation. The Thargoid situation seems to be well under control, despite what Prime Minister Mann seems to think. President Hudson's unremarkable woes continued last week, with sufficient interest in the bounty hunting in Gleaser 868 to ensure that law and order was maintained, but with the very fact that bounty hunters were required to maintain the peace in a federal system, a huge embarrassment to the President. Federal forces have been largely tied up dealing with unrest caused by Hudson's proposal to waive the rule requiring him to leave office after his second term ends next year. 
Hudson's proposal to temporarily suspend the 77th Amendment to the Federal Accord would allow him to stand for a third term, amid concerns that none of the galaxy's leaders ever seemed to lose office. Members of both parties have spoken out against Hudson, describing the security situation as unacceptable and calling for him to refrain from actions that may put citizens' lives at risk. There's an expectation that Congress will have more to say on the matter in coming days. The promise of better heat sinks by the Alliance's military sponsor Sirius seems to have swung public sentiment against the proposal by the Riort Mining Coalition to declare its independence. The whole saga began in early January, with Prime Minister Mahan announcing a deal with Sirius for protection against the then-and-now negligible Thargoid threat. This deal was immensely unpopular amongst independently-minded alliance systems, especially those closest to the comfortable heart of the bubble, well away from the Thargoid borderlands of the Witchhead Nebula, the Muscadark region and the California Nebula. At the beginning of February, the coalition won a victory over Sirius Corporation, forcing the Sirius megaship Charioteria to relocate to the Leasty system. It seemed that the tide of history was on Riort's side, and the proposal to declare its independence from the Alliance to keep it free from occupation by Sirius Navy seemed almost a foregone conclusion. That was until... Sirius offered pre-engineered heatsinks to anyone that would help sway public opinion behind Prime Minister Mahan's deal. Those heatsinks, which offer extra ammo but with no extra mass, seem to have persuaded pilots to throw their weight behind keeping the alliance together and to defeating Riot Mining Coalition's proposal. This rigged election means that there is no realistic prospect of the six systems managed by Riot Mining Coalition from becoming truly independent of the so-called Alliance of Independent Systems. And the Rior Pro-Alliance League megaship Treberitz is stuffed full of more advanced medicines, skimmer components and building fabricators than anyone could possibly know what to do with. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News, we read the news so you don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> 